All right. Welcome, everybody. It is episode 72 of uh, Hot Take from the Kitchen. And our guest tonight is Jackie Krawcheck, a returning guest. So welcome back, Jackie. Thanks. Super cool, guys. Oh, awesome. With two super cool hosts. Hey, there we go. We'll take that. (laughs) All right. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. And our email address is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. That is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And there are no new emails. Can we get any questions? I don't think so. No. All right. And I guess we will move on to the hot takes. And the hot take topic, the first one is the Super Bowl last night. There's a lot. Did you watch the Super Bowl? I did. Did you watch the Super Bowl? Yes. What was your favorite part? I don't think I had a favorite part. You don't have a favorite part? I guess halftime. Interesting. <laughs> There's, I think I read more about halftime than anything else I today. Uh-huh. Yeah. Such a divided issue. I guess I really don't get it, the whole thing. Like, I understand what people are fired up about, but... I mean, have they not watched the past Super Bowls? Because I don't see anything different this year than what's been going on. Adam Levine had more, had less clothes on than they had. Well, I mean, I guess that. But, I mean, whatever. What was your, did you do any favorite thing, anything to stand out for yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a great game. And the Chiefs won, which I was happy about. But my favorite part, and this is so silly, uh, at the very end when all the confetti comes down, the one player that was doing uh, – Confetti angels in the field. Nice. I did <laughs> not see that. I wish I would have saw that. Yeah. So, like, my favorite thing was the Rocks intros. Did you see that in the beginning? I saw some. Oh, I was yeah. Cooking dinner and kind of. Yes. He did a really good job. <laughs> I want that every year. It's something like it's one of those things I didn't know I wanted. Now every time I, I almost want him to do it for other things, not just the Super Bowl. So. Yeah. He probably will. From what yeah. I saw, it was pretty nice. Uh, and where were we just this week? Or maybe it was the Super Bowl, like, pregame thing. But they showed The Rock with Oprah. Mm-hmm. And you realize what a big person The Rock is when you see him against a normal human being in size, <laughs> like someone like Oprah. You know, when you see him against, like, a football player or a wrestler, you're like, okay, he looks average size. But him next to Oprah, I was like, you are ginormous. He's huge. Yeah. yeah. He goes a commercial before. Super Bowl started. Okay. Yeah. They were running on the treadmill. Yes, that's exactly what it mates. was. Yes, that's what exactly yeah. what it was. Any favorite commercials? I like the Jason Momoa one where his turn off his body parts. <laughs> yeah. What about the Google commercial? Did you cry? No, but I was on the verge. I think I cried enough last week. I was like, All right. It was an emotional week? Yes, it was. I won't fight you on that. I don't think there was any terrible commercials. Did you have any commercials you really liked? Yeah, I liked the the face off of Wild West. Um, I can't even think of what it was for now. Doritos. Yeah, it was Doritos. Thank you. Um, that was a fun one. Is this little Nas X? And- oh, yep. yeah. Yeah, that is, yep, that is what I thought it was. Yeah, I thought there were some bad commercials as usual. I feel like they're, I don't know, like someone saying, "Guys, this would be so funny." And then, like, they're the only person in the world that thinks that's funny. <laughs> yeah. What's weird, that's how I am. That's how I've been with a lot of Super Bowl commercials mm-hmm. in the past 10 years. Now it's with a different, completely different group of people. 
it was interesting to gauge their reactions and what they found funny yeah. versus things like things that even moved the needle for me. They were just like knee slapping and just, <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess that's the reaction that this commercial was going for. And there are different people and different likes and just live different lives than I do. So I guess I was like, Hey, I guess. Yeah. And it really made me just kind of, i really sat back and I almost watched them the whole time. Then I was watching the commercials just because. Was it the can't touch this? Is that what it was? The can't touch this one? Yeah. I thought it was really stupid. Yeah, the MC Hammer one. Yeah, but then someone else was like, that was the best thing ever. <laughs> like, anytime you put an adult face on a baby's body, like, make it talk. I just don't like that. And uh, that was humorous. <laughs> I do enjoy the, the Boston accent one with, their, yeah. the, with the self driving oh, yeah. car. I just, I don't know, the whole. Exchange it was the celebrities, and I think it was that was well known. Plus, it was a car commercial. So, a little bit off topic, but along that, along the car lines, you're in the car industry. So, you park your car, someone in the car next to you has to get into theirs, and yours is still parked. I don't understand. (laughs) So, you've totally really duped over that person, that right? Like, now that person can't get in, or they're gonna scratch your vehicle. I don't understand. 100%. I thought that as well. I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) for me, as a chubby guy that works in a car a lot <laughs> i always appreciate when the cars have a little more space between them than normal because it yeah. is terrifying because these cars are not we roughly pay like a hundred dollars for a dent to be taken out so every time you do something like that you're just like oh my god that's 100 bucks <laughs> and it's just like just something that and it just is always in my mind yeah i'm just glad there hasn't been another nationwide commercial like ago where they're showing this little kid and not uh, the and he's like yeah and i'm dead i don't remember that one i'm glad i don't terrible i don't remember that one either yeah really. i must have blocked it out oh that's probably a good thing <laughs> that's what i judge all the commercials on now well i guess you got really nowhere to go but up from there yeah on um, the last thing i saw when i was kind of perusing for today's episode was it seems like a lot of people we're not happy with the 49ers reaction to the post game interviews. Like they would be like, Hey, what do you think? And there was a lot of snippy, bad sports. I just don't understand what people would think they would get in that situation. Yeah. They're not going to be chipper. I mean, they just lost the game and you wanted to give an interview. You're going to get what you get. Yeah. And they were like, not smart questions either. Like, what did you think of this? Like, don't you think that this was a bad you know, like I don't know what you're expecting to get from these guys. I mean, I know what they want. They want them to like throw their teammates under the bus and get these bad sound bites, but these guys just aren't gonna give them that. Yeah. And, and then everything was good. Like, well, you know, then then they would like, What are you trying to get me to say? I'm not gonna say it, you know, <laughs> you know, those type of things. So I just I never just want the sound bite. I know. They just want drama. Yeah. Drama sells. It does. Yeah. I think it was the guy who was doing the confetti angels. He decided to pick up the tab on any adoptions from the main society down in Kansas City. That's cool. Yeah. So I like it. I thought that was a good thing for the game, too. It's amazing how many good things like that just tend to go not heard. I didn't hear that till now, but that's well, awesome. I've seen it a couple of times on Facebook today. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. Second topic is the Iowa, Iowa caucuses started today for the Democrats. I just, it was on the thing. It was like the number two trending topic on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I really don't have a lot to say about it because I, I just, 
right. You got anything, Jackie? Uh, no, I don't. But I've been reading a lot about politics lately. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just getting super turned off from the process and the division and the anger. And it's just really disgusting me lately. So, no, I'm not even paying attention so much to that. If I could pick my number one favorite thing about you, is the, your willingness to go for that position and to run for it. Oh, thanks. I mean, that the gravitas that it takes to be able to put yourself out there <laughs> in any type of situation, especially in that type of role where people are just, I mean, I can't even imagine it. Yeah, it was, a, it was an experience, and I'm grateful to have had the experience. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, yeah. Would you ever do it again? I mean, if I had to say yes or no right now, mm. I would 100% say no. Okay. Uh, but you never know what the future brings. And if I think if the climate changed or something, if I became independently wealthy, maybe. Right. But uh, no, not right now. Yeah. I can understand. That's a great point. If you became independently wealthy, I consider that would probably change a couple things for me as well. But mm-hmm. certainly not. It's just not worth it. No, it's not. Yeah, I'm sure. Unfortunately, you probably found out that hard way. But so this is—I don't want to like throw anyone under the bus. But I'm going to say this anyway. It's yeah. quite controversial, but you guys don't care, right? <laughs> no. Um, so I, when I ran, I one of the things that I kept thinking is, man, the best person—and this isn't because I lost. I mean, just in general, I was noticing the best person doesn't win. Like it's it's politics, right? And then mm-hmm. the best person might the vote might split. Like you just don't know. And so I just read an article the other day about that being true and how it's like destroying politics and our democracy. And um, it was really interesting read actually, and how you can just achieve so much more, not in that environment, like kind of like let them have their playground and achieve stuff outside of that and kind of just ignore it. One of the questions I've had the most in my past four years is like, are you ever going to run for mayor? And I always laugh. I'm like, why would I want to do anything like that? Right. But the next thing I always pose to the person when they're really asking me a genuine question in that is what you just said. There's just so many ways you still can impact our community without having to do something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the month, we have a great pod. Are you excited about that pod yet? Because you don't seem like it. Which are you one? telling who it is or not? Well, we, we are. Yeah, on the 24th? Yes. Well, yeah. Good. I'm all, you know this is my excited face. I know. You, wait, spell it. Who is it? <laughs> We're not going to tell you who it is, but we will tell you what it's about. So okay. Brad runs a 5K every year. Yeah. And every year we announce who, who all that money is going to go to, and that's what we're going to talk about. Oh, And cool. we spend a lot of time. Well, not a lot of time, but we've, we've loosely vet the organization. It's... You can appreciate this because I know you're well-grained in our community. Brian wants to help kids, mm-hmm. but we don't raise a lot of money with the race. But at the same time, the money we raise, Brett has worked extremely hard for. Mm-hmm. So he wants to make an impact with that money. So he doesn't want to give it to an organization that's got a million dollars already because they're just like, oh, thanks. Right. And then, so, But at the same time, he wants to be able to – help people mm-hmm. so it's that fine line of finding the right organization where he can make an impact yet still feel appreciated yeah you know for his work and have that reciprocated a little bit and uh yeah it's always you know some of that works thankless so oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you can get a little bit of a great job sprinkle on there once in a while a lot of times it just really lifts you up and it really 
helps along the way. So I think, uh, but I think we've done a great job of picking out who it is this year. Yes. Don't I'm you? Happy with it. Very happy with it. I can tell you the reason I'm excited about it for you more than anything else is they're ready to go. They're like, let's do this. And out of all the years we've done this, they're the first ones like, well, let's get going. And I'm like, well, well you know. Yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, at least late till February, so we can, so we're going to do this in a certain way. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, that, that lets me know. Yeah, exactly. I think it's awesome. Do you want to talk about the other two? Or? We can, but I just try to think. Well, I don't want to talk about the third one. What Which is, is the third one? I don't remember what I put. Our president. Oh, he's not going oh. to. He's not going to though. But I mean, we wouldn't have to do it, but I just think it's He's funny. been impeached. He's not being removed. From He's not here. Correct. Yeah. Which is really interesting to me that people don't understand the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it speaks a lot about what you read out there. You cannot believe what people say and just buy into what people are saying because they spew things that they don't even know are real or not. Yeah. I find it really interesting that he pushed hard last week for that vote to essentially show that, hey, I'm not going to get removed. Mm -hmm. Can we please end this now so I can have that for the State of the Union? And they were like, no. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like, no. So it's like, I'm more interested in seeing now if it would have been resolved, or if it would have been resolved, I wouldn't have watched the State of the Union. But now that it isn't, I kind of want to watch the State <laughs> of the Union to see how this whole thing is going to go. So. Anyway. All right. <laughs> And then well, number four is Joaquin Phoenix drops the mic at the Baptist. Did you see that? No, I looked at an article. Not happy with the systemic racism. So. And he just called him on it. Oh, sure. Which I thought was interesting is when you watch these award shows, a lot of times when someone says something like that, whether it's women's rights or whatever it is, a lot of times there's just applause in the crowd. Like people are like, yeah, good for you. Right, let's do something. When he said it, it was so awkwardly quiet. It was just like this, like nobody wanted, everybody wanted to leave the room. And I just thought, man, he really offended some people or he really hit a point by what he just said. Because when you go watch it, it is so awkward and it's so amazing all at the same time. He's an awkward guy. You're right. That is true. <laughs> yeah. And the Oscars are probably aren't going to be any better. So. No, and I don't know. If, I certainly don't think like it's the consumer's fault, like our fault. We'll watch whatever is good. But I do think, you know, Hollywood likes to, lack a better term, type past people. And um, mm -hmm. th that's just the way it's going to be, you know, unless they decide to change, which it's good to see someone calling them out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much crap that happens at that level. You know, a lot of them just do it for the attention that they're going to get, and that you know it pushes their career forward, whether it's negative or positive mm -hmm. attention. So you got anything else? Any hot take that you want to sprinkle in there? No, I'm good. No sprinkling today. Did you say sprinkling? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Should I have a hot take? I was just trying to think if I had anything else. I when I was going through them today, I was kind of like, eh. Uh, uh. Super Bowl really two in a row. Thank God. Yeah. Um, Charlie Yerkes Snapchatted me all weekend long, and he kept sending me snaps of this basketball game. 
I'm like, that's great, Charlie. You're at a basketball game. But it was a very packed basketball game. And then he kept sending me videos of this kid dunking, which I was like, okay, that's great. I'm excited for you. But then he called me today. He's like, dude, you dude did not seem excited at where I was at. <laughs> I'm like, I really didn't know what I was at. He's like, why didn't you message me? I would have told you. I'm like, I don't know. I was busy this weekend. I had a lot going on And when you were sending me stuff. He was at a Grand Rapids basketball showcase. And that Yomi Yates is that I don't know if I'm saying it right. Anyways, the number one kid in the entire nation at basketball is a freshman. No, he's a sophomore in Michigan right now. So like he's supposed to be the next LeBron. He is 15 or 14 years old, and he goes to Ypsilanti. And then he was at he was at his he was at the tournament this weekend where he was playing, and he was just like really excited about it. But it is crazy to me. That this kid's 14 years old, and they're saying he is by far the best. He would go right now. He would go number one, number one in the NBA draft. Wow, he's a lot of pressure to put on. Yeah, I know it is absolutely. <laughs> crazy. He's 14 years old. He does not even got a driver's license yet. So, all right, that's all. I, got. I don't know. All right, all anything right. else? We will take a break. Do you have anything, Jackie? No, I'm good. No, we'll come back. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Our guest this evening is Jackie Krawczyk. How are you? I'm good. You've had a lot of happen different in the sense of it's been about two years since you've been here. Uh, I don't even know. It's been a, a little while, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's we still year and a half. Year and a half, yeah. But um, why don't you give us an update, a little brief synopsis of all that's happened since then? Yeah, well, I mean, probably the biggest thing that, well, let's see, I broke my collarbone. I sprained my ankle. <laughs> I mean, what all do you want to know? No. Um, but I think the biggest thing probably that everybody's aware of, too, is I um, resigned my position at the Chamber of Commerce, and I took a new position in the community with a different organization. Were you prepared for that <laughs> reaction that went across our community? Did you think it was going to do that? Um, when you said, Hey, you know, I'm obviously you knew you were going to move this way a lot before a lot of other people. So let me talk a little bit about that experience. Yeah. Um, when, so I was at the chamber for 12 and a half years and to me it, it was absolutely a career. Like I loved the job and very um, passionate about it. And I loved the people, most, most of the people, um, <laughs> but you know that, so built the chamber into something. But to me, it was just what I did. Like I went to work every day and, and worked like you just, you just did it. Right. But that built like this level of um, respect, I guess, that the community had for me and um, admiration almost. And just, you know, you're great and you do all these wonderful things. Well, I, know, I didn't do it for that. I did it because I, I liked it and I felt like I was making a difference. So when this opportunity came up, and I thought a lot about it, like shed tears over it, researched it, talked to friends and family, like did a ton of thinking and deep thinking about it and decided that it was the right move. <clears throat> I was terrified to announce it. I, like I said, cried a lot, um, was so stressed for about a week leading up to the announcement to staff. That was the hardest. So there's three things in my life that are probably the hardest things I've ever done or had to deal with. And, and that is in the top three was telling staff that I was leaving because we're such a close team. Um, so it was really, really challenging. Did I expect the community to react that way? 
I didn't know what to expect, but I had this fear that uh, like the keyboard warriors would come out and start saying, you know, the people that hide behind their screens and say yeah. whatever they want, that they'd kind of come out and be like, oh, it's about time. No one really liked it that much anyway. Um, but that didn't happen. And people were super um, supportive. Like a ton of people just, you know, we're really going to miss you. Big shoes to fill. Um, we're sad that you're leaving, but we're really happy for your opportunity. So that was kind of the general consensus of everybody. And then, you know, even across the state, like I had people reaching out to me from Detroit and Grand Rapids, like we heard you leaving. Like that's really sad for the chamber industry, but congratulations. Good for you. You're going to make a difference wherever you go. And, mm -hmm. um, so that's how, and I'm glad that it all ended that way because I was really fearful of what was going to happen. To me, there was super cool things. What little interaction I've had with you with the chamber. I think we should first tell people, I think I spent three years as an ambassador. Probably. Right around there. Yeah. So that is a like a little small volunteer brigade that kind of is able to give some man hours that you probably couldn't allocate otherwise. Yeah, they're like worker bees for the chamber. Yeah. Um, super fun worker bees. <laughs> yeah, that is yes. true. That is a very important. Great point. Um, you, first of all, I thought it was amazing how, just what you said, you were able to seem like um, very well respected within the chamber community and within the state of Michigan. And now I know that uh, in your time there, the chamber won a lot of awards. Mm -hmm. um, that must feel good to know that not only were you respected in town in Alpena, which is kind of a small circle. So you, some people may not think it's a big deal, right? But to know that you are so um, respected amongst your peers probably had to feel good in itself. Yeah, and I think, I mean, so I've always struggled a little bit with, like, um, believing, like, what my real value really is. Even people can, they can tell me that time after time, and I still am like, yeah, are you serious? Are you just kidding? Like, whatever. Um, but, but really leaving that position kind of validated some of those struggles that I had. Like, not validated the struggles, but validated the positive things people said. And that's one of them is, you know, the chamber community. It was just like, Oh my, like we're losing someone to this community that was really valuable. So, um, it helped me with that like internal struggle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the things I loved about having you where you were at, it doesn't change. Um, cause I honestly, this is just you as a person. Um, you have great leadership skills. Thanks. Yeah. And I know you worked hard at that. So I don't know that's not something that you just wake up one day and you're like, hey, this is how it's going to be. <laughs> um, but I know you spent a lot of time working hard with it and trying to do craft that. You had a vision for what that chamber could be, I guess, was the way, from when you took over to where it is now. Um, it's funny because we just had a, um, our friends Jeff and Paige just left. Mm -hmm. I always thought that was one of the things that I loved about Jeff was um, – he had a, a definite vision of what that theater could be, not only for um, Alpena, but theaters overall. Like, mm -hmm. he, you know, he really spent a lot of time in uh, believing that it could be to get outside of the walls of the theater, you know, and whether that went meant to uh, getting out to other areas, schools or um, things like that. And I love that. Uh, what what do you think was the biggest hurdle in trying to implement your vision in that? Um, I think it, it just didn't move fast enough sometimes, I think, really was the biggest hurdle. Like, it was held back by either um, people 
and you had to do a little extra convincing or was held back by financial resources or lack of or you know other pressing things that had to take place before you could really work on that hmm. so it was really it was never really like getting people to buy into it sometimes it just took longer to get there than hmm. i would have liked but yeah. something i learned in the last 13 years is definitely patience like i came in I learned so much in 13 years. I came in and I would describe it as like a bull in a china shop. Like, let's just come in. And I, I burned a couple bridges right away and was like, okay, step back. That's not how you can achieve things the, in the best way. And um, so I think, yeah, that would be probably the biggest challenge was just, I wanted things to move faster. But they also could have moved a lot slower. So I have to be happy with how it, how it went. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Change could be a difficult thing to navigate mm -hmm. overall. And of course, you probably know that better than anyone right now because you are going through a whole change process. Um, I always thought it was my favorite thing that I know that you had a big plan out of was um, getting rid of that, well, not getting rid of that, sounds the wrong way, but delegating that 4th of July parade to someone else that was in the chamber community. And I know it was interesting to sit there and work with you along with that because I would talk to other people in the community that were really upset by that. Mm -hmm. They felt like that was like, like what, what, I can't believe they're getting rid of some of these things that we've done for such a long time. And when I explained it to them, no, I don't think you want the amount of time and manpower that Jackie has to spend on this parade. I just don't think that's how you want her yeah. resources being used. You would much rather have her, which you honestly believe was trying to help grow business in Alpena. Mm -hmm. So I always thought, I just remember going through that whole process because I was also an ambassador and um, still to this day, it kind of cracks me up. Yeah, it's interesting. So I, and I coach through my business, I coach several other organizations, a lot of nonprofits, and they tend to get stuck in those things. Like you, you can't grow unless you're willing to let go of some things. And I, I say this quote all the time. It's one of my favorites. What are you willing to let go to get something you've never had? Like if we didn't get rid of, we call it killing Santa Claus. If we didn't kill Santa Claus, it was the 4th of July parade. But like, if we didn't pawn that off or give that away to somebody else, that time couldn't have been utilized for something even more beneficial that we never, we never would have recognized those benefits if we hadn't given up that time to something that, yeah, I mean, people loved it, but we knew that val that time was a value that we could use to something exponentially more valuable to our members and to the community. <laughs> a million percent. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I hate when my phone goes to sleep. <laughs> I'm jealous that your phone can just fall asleep like that. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> I know, right? That would be kind of interesting. Yeah. I will say this much. I don't know how it is when you guys sleep, but when I go to bed, I fall asleep just like that. Nope. No? Oh, really? I, d I do, except for that week that I was so stressed about the job. <laughs> I did not sleep that oh. I You know, I got a off topic. I got a weighted blanket for Christmas. Oh, I love it. Do you have? Maybe you should try one because there, it's it's great. Yeah. It's a, I've seen our friends, the Christian Coopers, that way. Yeah. And Allison loves it. I was always scared because she can just is so sensitive to having pressure on her joints oh, that I didn't know how the, but you yeah. can get to get varying levels yeah. of the weight. So she, when she, we go over their house, she always goes for it. And we were there. She was right for it. So anyways, yeah, I fall right asleep. Allison is not that way. The minute I put my head on the pillow, I'm, I'm not like that. Just, 
pulses. <laughs> that was impressive. That was. So we, this weekend, we moved our friends from the next. Uh -huh. And it ended up being a much more of an arduous process than what anybody thought. But once we finally got done, we were going to have dinner at Justin and Mary's. And we all arrived at varying points. And Matt and Brad arrived a little bit before Justin and Allison with the food. And we're sitting there, and Matt sat down. And I don't think Brad and I had I our shaking my shoes off. Yeah, we really got our <laughs> shoes off. And Matt is just out. <laughs> Out like a light. And then he woke himself up. And then he woke himself up. But yeah, I just. Uh, <laughs> did he wake himself up with a snort or a twitch? He did, he did. Okay. He did. It's the worst when people see that. So, uh, what are you doing now? Okay, yeah. So, um, I work for it's private private industry now. So, I moved away from the nonprofit community stuff to a, a company called Innovatech Solutions. Innovatech Solutions. I realize I say it so fast that it sounds like Novatech. It's Innovatech. Um, basically, I'm doing it's. So my official title is corporate representative, which means I do anything that they want me to do. Um, but to, to really narrow it down to a focus, I guess you would say it's like culture and workforce development. Um, so it's manufacturing companies, which we all know that they really struggle to find workers, skilled workers right now. So it's looking at the talent pipeline, looking at competencies, how do we grow from within? How do we help the outside um, systems create more individuals who are ready for work with the competencies they need, um, fill the pipeline, but then also look at internally what can we do to work on the culture of the organization to maybe attract more people as well. So um, that is in a nutshell, but it's way more that I won't even go into. When I read the title, I thought that's amazingly perfect for you. Uh -huh. <laughs> and what I mean is we'll talk a little bit more about your side hustle here yeah. in a minute. But I know that so much goes toward gear what you like to talk about yeah. and passionate about. Um, but yeah, I figured. I I figured when I heard the title, I was guessing it was recruiting and retaining. Yeah. <laughs> Which I felt more of like retaining, and we can we're gonna get it here in a minute. But retaining and so much of that has to do with workplace culture. Right. Which I know that you. I know you love to talk about that kind of stuff. So. Um, anything else over, I'm sure there's a, a good change lesson in here that you probably could share with other people. No, uh, gosh, there's probably a bunch of them. Yeah. But I can, what do you want? Just one? <laughs> I mean, you can give me, I mean, you want, you're at a I mean, you, you got the ball. Well, I'll, I'll keep feeding you. You can shoot my name if you want. <laughs> I'll say a couple of things, I guess. So somebody gave me really good advice one time. I mean, I could have, so I could have stayed at the chamber and I could have done just fine. And it would have been for, you know, 13 more years. Somebody gave me advice one time and said, don't ever stay somewhere because there's more to do. Like if you're ready to move and you know you have more to offer and you need to grow and like develop, then, then move on. You know, don't stay somewhere because there's more to develop, right? So that went into the decision and I thought a lot about that. Um, also, there's something to be said about leaving on a positive note. So don't stay somewhere so long you get chased out. Mm -hmm. You know, left, I'm, I'm very confident with where I'm leaving the chamber. Where it goes from here is not, it's not going to be up to me. Um, I'll continue to help them. And I'm, I am continuing now to help them. So I have some assignments with them still that I'm working on. But um, also, change is okay. Like, it's hard, but it's okay. And most often, it's for the better. And a lot of the fear you have about change is just that. It's like unfounded fears. 
So it's all these things that you've created in your head. Well, the unknown is really what it is. And I would just encourage people, if you've done your homework and you really can't come up with a reason why you shouldn't pursue that change, like not a set, you know, if, you know, lower wages, okay, then fine. Don't take the change. Cause that's not probably going to be good for you financially. But if you can't come up with like a solid reason why it's all based on these like unknowns, then you probably should just go for it and take the leap because you know what? Life's too short. And at the end of the day, you can always make another change, go back to something that does fit you better. Mm -hmm. So that would be my advice and my lesson sort of with all this. I know I really, I don't think this is a secret, but I really mulled over the United Way executive director position. Yeah. And I went in for the interview and ideally what I wanted is the, the pay was terrible, but it's a nonprofit job and tends yeah. to, those tend not to be very well. And ultimately I just, well, I felt more passionate about doing that, man, I was like, the pay was just such a life altering <laughs> thing for me and my family, especially when I have one more kid graduating high school this year yeah. and things like that. I was just like, I just can't do that right <laughs> I now. I have a big heart, but not that <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, well, I think, and, you know, do I think it could have continued to grow? Yeah. Do I think Joe's going to do an amazing job? Of course. I like Joe. So, uh, but it was something that I did think about for a long time and it kind of went over what you said, like the things I'm worried about, you know, those shouldn't be the reasons I don't do something. The, right. Pay okay. is like a legit thing you have to consider. And at this point in your life, maybe it's not the right move for you. But some point you might say, okay, my kids are out of college. I'm not paying that anymore. I'm ready to maybe take a job that is more of like a feel-good job. Yeah. You know, it's just it's what's right for you at this point in your life. Exactly. Man, I can't wait till I'm that point. <laughs> so are you. I'm getting there. You are. So, awesome. Well, we will take a break. Oh, I want to talk about the chamber dinner. Oh, yeah. Because you are, so the other thing people have asked me, it's like, well, what are we going to do about the chamber dinner? <laughs> I was like, relax. Jack, you'll still be there. So you still are going to be part of the chamber dinner. Yeah, so I'm doing, I committed to a couple things when I left. Um, what kind of happened was the company wanted me earlier than I was able to, to commit to them. And so I said, okay, well, I will commit to starting this date, but you have to let me finish up a few things at the chamber. I would not just drop that on the staff. It's a huge event, you know, 700 plus people. We make sure every little detail is what it is. Um, so yes, I'll be doing everything I usually do at the dinner. And then I'm also working on some of our workforce development issues or um, through the, we work with the high school on some things. So I'm also assisting with that and writing the curriculums for those. Uh, but the dinner, yeah, it's going to be super fun. The theme is rocking and rolling into the future. And so, of course, we have all music. So we have walk-up songs for all our speakers, which is super fun. Um, and I think it'll be a great time. The weather looks good. So that's a thing because every year the, <laughs> the weather has not been good. Yes. Um, but we still have, you know, seven, we have 700 some people coming this year. And last year, even with the bad weather, out of 680 people, we still had 600 show up. So It has to be – I can't think of anything else than Alpino. To me, it's the it, it event. I can't think of any other event in Alpena that draws that many people to it, especially for as much as you pay to go mm -hmm. to it. Um, and I know you worked really hard on growing that. I know for us, we see it as a value as a networking opportunity. Absolutely. Which is exactly what your ultimate goal of that event mm -hmm. was. Um, yeah, it really blossomed into something. I think when I started, there were it was at the old Civic Center which doesn't even exist anymore. And it was uh, 200, 210 people or something. 
and you know we have 500 more than that now and it's just been tremendous i think it's i think people like it because it's so positive we make it fun it's positive and everybody's there i mean you can talk to people you have some people are like well i, I only talk to this person once a year and it's at that event yeah so it's cool and i think you are very respectful of people's time there we try to be I think that's another thing that you guys do a great job of. It's you give us information, you give people information in a very fun way, like the videos that you've added. <laughs> I just got the draft videos for this year. I'm excited to go look, watch them after this. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I just think it's a great event. I we always have a good time. I know our dealership, Bruce, loves going to it. Mm -hmm. So um, good. It's good stuff. It's just so positive. People love positivity. Yes, it really does, and that is a great point. It is a, it's a fun night where I, I like it. Where Citizen of the Year is always a great thing too. Mm -hmm. I always love. I mean, last year's, the past two have been just like, I don't know. I just have been absolutely enthralled with both of them. They're mm -hmm. just, just like, oh my god, yes. I mean, <laughs> I mean, when Pastor Erickson won a couple of years ago, I was just like. Of course, Pastor Richard <laughs> win, and, I, and then I was like, and then when Mrs. Woman last year, I was yeah. like, oh my god. What a perfect candidate, you know, and then just like, so you guys do such a great job of really um, finding a great candidate, candidate, but also maybe not someone that everyone expects. Yeah, it's all nomination, so we don't like pick the person, but yeah. um, it's based on what comes in. But that one of my favorite things about that, maybe my favorite thing about it is that I know who's getting it, who's getting Citizen of the Year. Very few other people will know at that point. And so as the announcement's being made, I, I can watch that person's face. And it's like they're thinking. It's always the same. First they start out thinking it's not them. And then they'll they'll kind of like start looking around like, oh, my gosh, this might be me. And then there'll be something that sets, sets it off. And they're like, this has to be me. And then they're just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's the funniest thing to watch that transition in their face. Yeah. I have, when Bruce won Citizen of the Year, I have GoPro footage of Bruce at the table. Oh, that's and awesome. What I did is I remember I always walk around with the camera. Yeah. So Bruce thought nothing of different of me having a camera in hand, but I literally took the camera and I put it right in front of him like that. <laughs> and when you are listening to you or I was Luciana yep. go over announcing it, and you can see Bruce just kind of like every he's literally just kind of sitting like this in the chair. And then kind of as you go along, it's just kind of like his whole body posture yep. changes. Like, he's like, and he's like, and then I remember she said something like the sign guy. Yep. He's like, wait a minute. That's yep. what people tell me. <laughs> it's so fun to watch. Yeah. And I remember, as you know, we were part of it because we had to get everybody there. Mm -hmm. You know, the people right. we wanted there. And um, I remember arguing with him in his office that year. Like, man, we really should get another table. Yeah. And he's like, well, we don't want it down the table. We'll just take eight of us. Like, you know, I really think <laughs> I think we should treat everyone. I think it'll be a fun night. Okay, all right. And nice. then just uh, we go through it and then have everyone there. It was just a really cool moment. It is so, really cool. Well, thank you for that. And then we will talk about uh which we touched on last time, your side hustle, side yeah. gig, which I think is like um I mean I love going to it and reading what you post and then finding it. And um, it's amazing how many times I might have a bad day um, professionally. And then it just so much like you'll post just the right thing. Oh, well, it's because I can read your mind. Yeah, yeah. it must be it. So you should be afraid. <laughs> <laughs>
my for the ones that are going to be too or who are new to the pod, why don't you talk about um, your side business? Yeah, I can do that. Everyone has a side hustle now, right? I think so. <laughs> I, I mean, I do now somehow, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, several years ago, I well, I had been getting asked more and more frequently to do keynote speaking and to do some training and stuff for businesses. So uh, when people actually started offering to pay me for that stuff, I thought, hey, like I really like this. And also, <laughs> the extra cash is nice. Um, so I turned it into a business. So now I do, I have an LLC and I do motivational speaking, leadership development training, and then a couple other like trainings here and there. But I really want to focus on like the leadership and the motivational stuff and um, not necessarily, I'll do teamwork presentations or communication or um, customer service, but those aren't my favorite ones. I like to do the leadership stuff most. Um, now, mostly like organizational structures. Is that primarily what you like to do? Or, I mean, I think there's also some value just in self-improvement for a person too that you like to. Yeah. I mean, I have a couple of coaching clients. It's not designed to be a coaching business, but I had a few people who asked if I would. And so I said, so I opened up so I could have four clients at any given time. I have time to do that. Um, but mostly I work, yes, with full organizations or with their leadership teams. Yeah. That is super cool. Um, what do you think are some of the easier hanging? I always said I don't, the question I put was low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. What do you so think are some of the easy things that people are going to do to like um, help improve themselves or even maybe they're a leader in their organization? Yeah. So you said low hanging fruit. I think that's a not that it's easy to do, but it's things that you can do every day or a little bit every day to improve. Um, one is everything that you read, even like motivational quotes so we were just talking about i have this motivational this notepad that has a motivational quote on the bottom of every page there's like 365 of them apparently you're only supposed to use one page a day (laughs) um which i'm way past that but um just look when you do read anything like that apply it to your own life so don't just read it and say oh that's cool but actually like think about what that means to you i think that's one thing that people miss that step and i think that's really valuable um two if you look at people that are you would consider very successful people, like business owners, and I'm and I'm not just talking like local that too, but also like in the world and in the nation, um, very successful people have certain things in common that they do, and one of those things is they spend a lot of time reading and learning from other people. They never stop learning. And um, one of my favorites, I guess it's not really saying it's a phrase, but is Ancora Imparo, which is Italian. It means I'm still learning. Um, I love it so much. I have a tattoo of it. So, it's, you know, I love it. Um, but these people, they never stop learning. They're constantly reading. Uh, instead of spending their time on social media for hours every night when they get home from work, instead of um, watching, you know, reality TV shows or whatever it might be. Not that I'm, I'm not bashing people that do that because it's all up to whatever your preference is. But if you really want to get serious about improving your position in life, your leadership skills, your confidence, all of those things, uh, put away some of those things that are detracting from your value and put it into other things like reading leadership books and um, attending seminars and listening to podcasts while you work. <laughs> so any anything like that, you know, do things that provide value to your life instead of uh, things that make us into the, the zombies that our culture's turning into. <laughs> it's fun that, I don't know, Brad, agrees with me but so we've had two guests on other than you that i really feel like <clears throat> this is 
your wheelhouse, so to speak. And you all three have echoed the same thing. So the last one was three weeks ago, which was Ken Gumbel. Mm -hmm. And Ken really talked about how he had this one person in his life that really shaped his just whole mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, and really it's encouraged him to do everything that he's done, especially with him chasing down the last part of his education, which he just completed. And then the other person is, is Greg Kowinski, who's mm -hmm. Brad's neighbor now. And he has really found a mentor in um, Zingerman's in Ann Arbor. Yeah. And he even was able to go meet the guy mm -hmm. and pick his brain. And that guy gave him a set of books to read and different things like that. And um, all three of you talk about the same thing and how that when you found someone mm -hmm. or something, uh, you read it a lot. So I just thought it was interesting. And you all believe in or see the value in leadership. Mm -hmm. So my question is now, after putting <laughs> that, I know that you've worked very hard at becoming the leader that you are. What are some things that people can do? Or what, at what point did you decide, hey, I want to be a leader, for lack of a better term? Yeah. And what, what were some of the steps you took personally that kind of made you or helped shape you to what you are? I don't think I ever... I would, I never really like said, I want to be a leader. I think it was fairly natural for me to like go that way. Um, and I don't know if it's because the, my upbringing, like, I don't know what it is, but I think it was just sort of a natural, it's, I feel, feel like it's what I'm drawn to and I'm very passionate about it, and I love the topic and learning about it. Um, but what are some of the things that I, that have helped develop? Learning, just constantly learning and being willing to take a really deep look at yourself um, and being willing to admit, like, this is my weakness. This is where I need to work. Uh, this is what I need to develop. This is what I need to get help with. And um, there's always opportunity to grow. So I'll tell you that. So I was a communication major. Listening is a huge part of communication, right? You should listen more than you actually talk, which I'm not doing during this podcast. But <laughs> That's why I don't talk. <laughs> yeah, you're a really good listener. But I will say in this whole study of communication, I learned that I, I was a terrible listener. Like I was the one that would, um, my phone would be out and I'd be constantly distracted by it. And I would, my email would pop up and someone's trying to talk to me and I'd be like distracted by that. And I would, my brain would always be thinking about, okay, like I'm trying to listen, but I have all this other stuff to do. And what's the quote that says, listen to understand, not to reply. So I'd always be thinking about what am I going to answer them with, you know? So I had to do a lot of, so I recognized that was a weakness of mine and I really focus on, and I still have to focus a lot of energy on making that better because I know that's a strength of a good leader. So, so it's being willing to admit some of your areas for improvement um, and then just go after like with confidence, go after what you want and understand that you believe that you deserve those things. I find that what you just said, there's a common link to what, I do with selling cars. When I sit someone down and they talk to me, I'm really, I deal with so much of objections all day long. Oh, sure. That I am really quick to just hurry up, get to their objection. So that way I can already come up with the millions of reasons of I didn't know of. But really, if I just stop and I do a better job of listening, a lot of times their objection might not be the real source of what. They're just saying it's price, but it really isn't price. Right. It's, you know, maybe it's the wrong time in their life, and they're just using prices as a as an excuse or whatever. But I agree, it's something that I'm terrible at. 
Yeah, just, it, it takes a lot of practice. Yeah, and I think our as technology and society has evolved, it's only worse. Like smartwatches, you know. I mean, I can put my phone away <laughs> and have it not out, but if you have an Apple Watch, I always laugh at my wife because she she's like, "Well, I'm not on my phone when she drives." But she's constantly like looking at her watch. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not doing yourself any favors. I mean, we're still, um, it's just crazy to me how the world we live in, especially, I'm sure you could wait. If I'm sitting down at my desk and my email's open, you can see when that stuff's popping up. But yep. naturally distracts you. There's a book, um, <clears throat> which I know we're going to talk about books later, but there, this is not on my list, so I'm going to talk about this one now. There's a book, I think Celeste Headley is the author. Um, it's called We Need to Talk. That book makes the best argument for putting down our social or our phones and our technology and actually talking. It's really goes through like what impact it's having on our society and how negative it is for our communication and our leadership and all of those things. So if you're a reader, that's a good one. Yeah. We have started a new program. You I think you could appreciate this. So um, I really struggle. We have a morning meeting every meeting morning mm-hmm. and I really struggle with that meeting because one I I definitely think that there's just value to that meeting we go over all the deals that we could get for that day and essentially ask the questions so what do we have to do to, to close them as a team like let's brainstorm let's get this done but inevitably that meeting turns into just an absolute shit show mm-hmm. and then what could be a five minute really okay, let's go do it meeting. By the time I walk out of there, 90% of the time, I'm just emotionally drained because I've literally felt like I've wasted my time. And part of the reason is, is when once I'm checked out of that meeting, I pull my phone out. Mm-hmm. And I just start texting Brad or yeah. whoever it is at the time. And But what's ter- but what we have started is we're all leaving our phones at our desk now mm-hmm. for this meeting. And that has helped a little bit. And we're trying to... St- stick to a schedule better or keep the meeting more on point and mm-hmm. then not let her drag out and talk about what happened in 1982 and for <laughs> 45 minutes. So do you guys have an agenda, a written agenda? What do you do not? Yeah. We do have a routine. You should uh, engage with a consultant to help you figure <laughs> out how to better manage that meeting. Yes. <laughs> well, Cause you know, one of my pet peeves is, uh, ineffective meetings. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I love that's like yeah, I love that about you because that's how I feel. I Brad knows that too because when Brad would uh, we would have meetings for our race, and I told Brad all the time, I'm like, this meeting has to be efficient. Like we can't just sit there. But the problem is, is that much of the time, and maybe you can help us with this as the Seneca told him, there is. There's only three of us in this. <laughs> that's true, and we have a very difficult time at times getting all together. I mean, each person's busy in their own right. And I think some of the struggle we have is just finding and making the time for all of us to sit down and really go over it. Well, especially because it's a volunteer commitment Mm -hmm. that makes it even more challenging. So I expect to get paid anytime soon. And I'm certainly not. He's Uh, paying with his friendship. (laughs) Oh, it's more than that. (laughs) I told him he was, today we were talking about bread massaging garbage men. So, I don't know how we got there for that. Okay, so I want to come. I want to come to the next meeting. This was just testing. I I just want to observe. That's all. all. I just said that because I knew how much you you would read that. I'm like, no, 
Not in, not in a million years would I ever want to use baby oil on a garbage man. I am so out on that. But garbage men need massages probably more than non-garbage people. 100%. 100%. They're doing a lot of bending and lifting. And yeah, so be a good end of the year gift to get your garbage person is a massage certificate. To Brad's massage bar. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so happy where this went. Sure. Um, so outside of finding, I guess the first tip you have would be um, trying to identify a weakness and working on improving that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's one of them. But I think just anytime you can just learn about a, a component you don't know about. So uh, do you know what like servant leadership is? Do you know how to improve your confidence? Do you know how to improve just anything that you can learn that you don't already know about? And then like I said before, apply it to yourself then. Don't just read it and say, yep, that's good information, but but really evaluate yourself with within what you're reading. Um, another pivot within your business. Has there been any um, obstacles or small adversities you've ran into with um, as you've tried to grow this side hustle? Uh, yeah, I think two things. One would be just time constraints. I am a really busy person, and it's really hard to carve out time for something to build a business like that. So time constraints is one of them. Uh, and then the second one, it's a difficult industry to break into is like the motivational speaking. So that's been tough, too, is how do you get your name out there and, and not having time to follow up and say get testimonials. And so if you only have a couple hours in the evening to work on it because you're working a full-time job during the day, what do you spend that time doing? You know, and you can't, you can't do it all. So it's been difficult um, to kind of get my name out there, but, but you know, every year I just, it doesn't have to turn into something huge right away. So every year, as long as I've done better than the year before, I'll set some goals for myself. And I think that as long as I achieve those goals and grow every year, I'm, I'm good with where it's going. My daughter, goes to school in Heidelberg and they call them hype days. And once one day each semester, so twice a year, they shut down the campus and they bring in someone to talk. They've had anyone from Terry Crews to Bill Nye, the science guy to, you know, corporate people to speak. Right. And she has, my daughter has, as she's been at school, has gone through the process. She originally started setting up the chairs for these events and then she was managing the setting up the chairs and now she's helped managing the events because as she's been there longer they part of the process she's at it so um but you're right as i've watched her and we've talked a little bit about uh, some of the planning that has evolved in motivational speaking and finding the right person it can it really is a tough Mm arena it is and most of the you know the ones that are getting paid a lot they all have agents and to get but to get into an agent you can't just get into one you have to meet certain criteria and it's kind of like the whole chicken and egg thing like well but if nobody will hire me how can i prove that i'm good to get to you guys it's it's tough but you just find ways to make it work i love it um when i went back to school this last time i had a instructor that um she just finished writing a book so I wrote this down on here, but I also, I have a, a bullet point for us to talk about employee motivation. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I see, I see it a lot in my timeline right now. And the part of the reason I see it so much is because my instructor wrote this book. Mm-hmm. So I've been interacting with employee motivation and I find myself, I, I feel like 
a lot of people in my life have talked to me about motivation, whether they're lacking it or maybe it isn't the book that my instructor wrote. It's the demotivated employee. Mm -hmm. And it's things that leaders are doing that are unmotivating their employees. Right. Um, do you have any quick tips for helping employees maybe stay motivated or um, maybe even the leaders to help maybe motivate their, their staff? People, people used to be more motivated by solely by money. It's not like that anymore. Um, there's the new, you know, up and coming kind of generations are motivated more by money, of course, because we all need money to live, <laughs> but they're motivated by working for a purpose beyond just making money for the company and making money for themselves. Uh, but they want to feel appreciated. And so the, like a number one thing that I can tell, I just had a conversation with someone new to kind of the management role this weekend. And I said, you know, when do you think the last time is that that staff that you are now responsible for actually had a supervisor come up to them and say at the end of the day, thank you for what you did today. Your work mattered to us. You know, you're not going to say it to everybody every day because then it's like every kid gets a trophy, right? But when is the last time you heard that or you heard that from your supervisor or someone, even a coworker, even someone that does the same exact job as you? When is the last time you said that to someone? That can be super motivating. Like, I matter to this organization. and Someone just told me that. So that's such a small thing, but we don't do it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. I have the luxury and, of course, the pressure <laughs> that I get evaluated every month. And what I mean by that is it's just I sell month to month. Right. And then today was my commission today. The first thing that Bruce does is when he before he hands me a commission check, he rips off the check and he looks at how many cards I sold. And at that moment, he'll either tell me, great job, do go do it again, or he'll go, all right, you had a bad month. What can we do to help? You know, mm -hmm. he'll brush me off and slide me on the boat and put me back out there. But it's interesting. I think you're 100% right, though. I, I don't think people hear that enough. Mm -hmm. And I think more importantly, I don't think maybe leaders don't that understand how much that means to employees right. and how much just that little positive reinforcement can go such a really long ways. Yes. And also, like, with your position – so your value to your organization is not just selling cars. You provide more value that would be beneficial for them to recognize, not just, you know, good month, bad month based on quantity of cars, but you also are representing the company in so many positive ways. That's something that could be recognized. So there's a lot more than just, you know, that, and not to say what they're doing is wrong. There's just all these things yes. that we should look at that we don't. Um, and I think the other thing is leaders to, to motivate employees can be more vulnerable. Like just because you're a leader or manager does not mean that you're perfect. Like you can admit your mistakes. You can say, talk about like what maybe is not going well, or you had this, you struggled with a report or whatever. Like it's okay to admit those things. And don't break down and cry and like sit in the corner and under the table and not talk to anybody, but like talk about those things. It's okay to be a real human. Mm -hmm. Something I've tried to do with Jamie, I do a very terrible job at when I'm having, I'm doing, I do a great job when I'm having a good day, but I do a very bad job when I'm having a bad day or just my life's a mess 
and you don't know that it's a mess type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I've told her, I'm, I've asked her, I've made a commitment with her. And I said, if you see like, maybe there's something wrong. If you go to me and say, Hey, are you all right? I will open up to you more. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you say, Hey, are you okay? I will open mm -hmm. up to you more. If you, so, cause I mean, we both recognize that there's values to that like mm -hmm. having me all burnt out and not any good, doesn't do any good to anyone. So, exactly. um, but I told her, I go at the same time, if you're never going to ask me, I, I'm not the type of person just to walk in your office and go, Oh, you wouldn't believe what's going on in my right. life. I'm just, just not how I'm built. So uh, you have to ask. And if you don't ask, I'm just never going to tell you. Right. So, yeah. I put you on the spot, Brad, but I don't know if I want to. Other than money, what motivates you? I mean, like to do a good job. Well, appreciation. It's always nice to hear those words. Like, yeah. It's the simple thank you sometimes. Yeah, like what you're doing matters and yes. we appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Money's always going to be a motivating factor. It is, but no one wants to be, even if you make a ton of money, what's the point if you're miserable? Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? No, I'm not good at thinking on my feet, so better <laughs> move on. You better, you better move on. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I, uh, it is tough. It's a tough subject that we do that we're talking about. Um, I also put on here, I know I have a couple other people that I put it on there, and I don't know if you want to talk about it or not, but I have a couple other people that deal with bullies at work, mm -hmm. and I didn't know what your thoughts about that were. Like, um, I don't think there's – sometimes there's just nothing you can do about it. If they're your boss and or you're, they're, they're your subordinate or how that relationship works, sometimes you just have to, to go through it. But I do know, though, that people that do listen to us here, there's three or four people that I know that deal with that, and I always feel for them because I don't have – much to tell them to coach other than like I'm really sorry maybe you should just quit your fucking job <laughs> um, that's actually my probably number one piece of advice to someone who's dealing with it is then find a different environment to work in yeah um, if for some reason you can't have you gone through all the channels have you talked to super and I know there's always the fear of if I talk to someone they're gonna be worse you know all of those things but no organ no respectable organization should be allowing that to happen within their four walls. Yeah. They shouldn't. And so if your manager's not taking care of it and they won't, or the owner, leave. That's not healthy for you. I mean, I wish I could say punch them. Like, I would want to do that. But... <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, and you can't do that. So, you know, but I'm also the type, though, to be very direct with someone like, wow, you're being an ass today. Yeah. Like, why are you being so mean to me? Like, I'll just call people out. But mm -hmm. I know that not everybody can or will do that. Um, so take it through the channels, and if it doesn't get fixed, find something else. Awesome. I appreciate that. Good advice. So we'll take a break. Do you want to tell people what we're going to do when we, you come back? No. Okay, I like it. Keep it a secret. You're, you're a man of mystery tonight. <laughs> I love it's been hard getting a chance to work out when everything closes so early, and I don't get done working until late at night. Where can I even go to stay in shape? Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center is the place you seek. Whoa, where's that at? It's located at US 23 South in Alpena, across from Kiff Miller's Produce and the Lutz Plaza. Wow, thanks, God. Anytime, bro. Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center. For more information, find us on Facebook or call 884-4397. Zen, find peace in your busy life and get a workout when you want it.
All right, now we're going to move on to our top five. It is our top five self-help slash improvement books, I guess. That's what we want to go with. Sure. And I guess my number five is Make Your Bed. I don't know who the author is. I don't have any authors, but he was a former Navy SEAL, and he gave a commencement speech at University of Texas, and he turned it into a book, and it just tells us he wrote about the lessons he learned as a SEAL and how to transition it to your life. And so, I've seen him <clears throat> on the goal cast, you know, mm -hmm. he'll share that speech a lot. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't read the book, but I've, I know what you're talking about. It's a short book, so quick read. I like it. Um, my foot number five, which I kind of do the whole honorable mention, it is uh, Great by Choice. Jim Accountant, he has the whole series, How to Be Great, Dare to Be Great, or whatever. It's Good like to a, great, yeah. yeah. So his whole series, which is, I've not, I've read two of them. The Dare to Be Great, I think it is one. Mm -hmm. And then, then Great by Choice is my favorite one, though. So. All right. It's a good book. I like it. And I don't mind the series, but it's not my favorite writing stretch of adventure. Number five. These were hard to put in order, so they're kind of not, maybe not in order, but my number five is Outwitting the Devil, Napoleon Hill. I mean, I don't know what to say about it other than everybody should read it. <laughs> it's really encouraging to change the way that you think about life in general. So hmm. definitely good. Awesome. Right. Number four is Willpower Doesn't Work. Guy goes on to say that there's no such thing as willpower, it's just the choices you make and how they affect everything you do. So, like at my job, we have snack day every week. Somebody brings in a different treat or something and Everybody says, oh, you have such great willpower to stay well, away from it. It's like, no, I just choose that. You're just making the choice. Yes, I don't, I just don't eat the treat. I don't, <laughs> feel I don't want it, I don't want it, so I don't eat it. Do you ever eat it, though? Once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is just as important in many ways. Yeah. For you to say, hey, I mean, if I want it, I'm going to yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm do it. Um, Which kind of treat are you most likely to eat? Something with caramel. Okay. Um, number four for me, the law of the garbage truck. So <laughs> garbage truck massages or <laughs> Yes. That's actually interesting how it worked though. So I have a problem that I recognized. My problem is, as you know, it's because you're my friend. I don't mind listening to people and helping them with their problems, but I do a very good job of taking those problems mm. on and carrying them with me. And that book is very much all about saying, okay, you can listen. You still can be a friend, but don't let people dump their problems on you. And then, you know, let them become your problem and affect the rest of your day. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> when I, I went on a yoga retreat last year and uh, Greg was actually on it as well, but they taught us this like thing where you like physically like cut those lines, like cut everybody's garbage away from you and throw it away. So that was good. Uh, my number four is Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Yeah, 2.0 only because it's more recent than the first one. Yeah. 
Um, but I think emotional intelligence is something that everybody should learn what it is and how to grow it. Um, it's such a valuable skill to practice. My number three really isn't a self-help book, but it's running for my life. And it's written by this guy who was a lost boy of the Sudan. Hmm. So he was kidnapped from his family and he just told about all the struggles he went through and what he had to do to get to America where he was adopted by this family in New Hampshire or Vermont, somewhere in that area. And how he became, how he was running in Africa and then how it transitioned to him running for the U.S. in the Olympics. Oh, wow. And it just, you, you can take some things away from it. So it's, not to worry about your struggles or just how to adapt and overcome things. Mm. So, yeah. You did make me think of an honorable mention that I thought about <laughs> and it was ready to run, which is Kelly Starrett's book about he's a supple upper guy. So it's all about essentially being able to run and still maintain your flexibility through the whole thing, which I know all you guys run and you tend to get crowbarish after a while because you just don't <laughs> stretch as much as you really should. Um, really basic book, but it's still amazing. Number three for me is uh, Stephen Covey's Seven um, oh, yeah. Habits of Highly Effective People. That's mm-hmm. still amazing. I, I will still um, pick that book up and just like thumb through it. Mm-hmm. Like just kind of, oh yeah, that's a good one. And then just kind of find something that maybe it'll slap me in the ass and then I'll close it up, stick it back and then go out and go do something. So I like it. Um, my number three is Grit, G-R-I-T, Angela Duckworth. I love that book. It's amazing. Are you cheering? Oh, I couldn't tell if you're cheering. No, I actually have that book on this computer. It's, it was the very first audio book I bought and worth every penny. Yeah, she. Uh, I just, yeah, I love what she talks about and how you, you can create more success for yourself and get through things. And it's it all comes down to what she talks about is grit. My number two is Start With Why. Ooh, good one. That's my number one book. Is it? Well, then I'll let you talk about it. Oh, you can. No, go ahead. No. When you get to number one. Well, no, well we can discuss that, I guess. Brad's just trying to talk as little as possible. <laughs> yeah. My number two book? Well, I can make it my number two book, too. We can discuss it now. So I think my number one book's really good. Just as good. And I just recently ran across it thanks to Oprah. So, um but we could talk about it. I don't think there's any book that has um, impacted me and how I sell cars and how I believe everything we do at our job more than that book. Sorry, why? And it's a pretty easy read. Mm-hmm. Like anyone can just pick it up and read. I mean, it's if you're yeah. going to read any of these, choose that one because it's a good one. Yeah. Simple. Are you done? Oh, so my number two? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you did flip-flop here. Yep. Um, My number two is Daring Greatly, Brene Brown. Well, no, that is the person (laughs) of my number two. Oh, the same person? Same person. So Daring Greatly just talks about um, shame. Brene Brown is a very popular shame expert, and I think she just talks about, like, having courage and confidence, and um, I really love the – I'm not going to get it right, but she talks about, like, are you the one in the arena getting thrown around and dirtier? It's a quote by some, I don't remember who said it, but, or are you a spectator? And if you're a spectator, you don't matter. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, Brene Brown, doing greatly. 
Alright. My number one is number one just because of its title and it's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Oh, I love that book. <laughs> I'm reading that book right now that you kind of gave to me last time. I'm in the middle of it. Yeah. It's good. I gave it to you with Tracy. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Well, willpower doesn't work. Yeah. So the title, okay, so you think, okay, it's going to have swear words in it, right? So I listened to that one. I didn't read it. I listened to it. You don't listen to that one when there's other people around that won't appreciate swearing every third word. <laughs> it's a great book, though. Yes. Sort of goes back to your number four, not really letting people's burdens or affect you. Mm-hmm. So. I found that out as I was reading it. I honestly thought it was something else, and it's not been what I want, and it's good. It's a really good book. I found that out here. I thought it was more of a you should just do what you want and learn not to really care so much about them, but as I read it more, it's like you said. Mm-hmm. So, um, My number one is kind of um, just the same author, and it's uh, The Gifts of Perfection. So it yeah. kind of goes the same way. Mm-hmm. It's all about – I mean, she – vulnerability is a lot of what she talks yeah. about. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even know, I mean, I told it was like three or four years ago between Netflix and Oprah, I really ran into her and kind of found her and really dug her. Yeah. I meant vulnerability and not shame. She talks a lot about shame, but vulnerability is what she's like an expert in. Yes. Yeah. And uh, man, I tell you what, um, it's crazy when you really, if you, I guess you could probably talk about this if you want. A little bit. None of these books will do any good if you don't put them to practical practical application. Exactly. If you're just going to read it. It's just going to be a waste of time. You're going to throw them out your window. But that these last two books, especially, you know, started why like why are we doing what we're doing here? I mean, because anybody can buy a car from anybody in our town. Mm-hmm. And of course, the price is always going to be a, a factor. But as you know, if if we get to the point where we're just trying to get to the cheapest car we're going to be out of, out of business because eventually someone's just always going to find the cheaper car. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be more to it than that, which we've worked hard at. And then of course this right here, being able to be vulnerable and talk about your fears, successes, failures and all that stuff. I just think I can't think of enough of it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and if you're not a reader, Brene Brown also has some incredible Ted talks and podcasts and things like that. So, um, and then, so my number one is leaders eat last. Simon, I, I never know how to say his last name, Sinek, Sinek, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, so what I love about that book is the combination of like science and n- non-science, whatever you want to say. But he talks first, he talks about the chemicals in our brain that make us react the way that we do and, and our feelings and emotions and all of that stuff. Um, and then goes into kind of like what we can do with that knowledge. And it's just an incredible book for self insight, but also leadership. Just bought that book. So. Oh, let me know what you think. I love that book. Yeah. It's one of my favorites too. So that's all great stuff. You know what I think is interesting? So um, you said something earlier about seeing patterns between people. Like I said similar things that other people have said. <laughs> and then we all sat here and said, that's a great book. That's a great book. But yet you have people that will hear this and say, man, I'm not going to read it. <laughs> you can't argue with that stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, take a chance on it. If you, you can't just because, I don't know, whatever your reason is, like, take a chance on it, read it, apply it to your life, and see what happens. I gave Start With Why to Matt as a gift. I literally went and bought it on Amazon, and he was just, I forgot what he was, he was starting a new position, his new job, 
And he was just looking for something. He was a man who just kind of looked for something to get me off the ground and kind of get my frame right. And I'm like, I tell you what, no book has impacted me over the past five years more than this book right here. Mm-hmm. I go, well, just because you really got to figure out why you're doing it. Right. All. Like, just figure out your why. And I know, I whether you're right or not, I don't know. But you're right. Some of these are just really good books. Yeah. And you should take the time to read them because they really will. And make your bed every day. Don't. Oh, so apparently that book didn't impact you as much as it could. There's have. another one that goes along with that, so like Eat the Frog. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. So eating the frog. I like, told you I need to explain my reading. Okay, well, essentially the, the the theory of eating the frog is like just doing your least light task first thing in the day. Yeah. Get it out of your way. Because a lot of times we just put it off. Right. So and that's what that is. Oh, I make my bed when I change my sheets, so. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I like it. I really want to go somewhere with this, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yep, so we're about out of time. <laughs> yeah, so like Jackie for coming by. <laughs> oh, boy. So we'll wrap this up. We'll come by and round it out. Right. What are you doing this weekend, Bradley? Nothing. You can come by and see me at the Apex with the Business Expo. Yeah. Oh, is that this weekend? Yeah. Oh, perfect. What do you want to know now? What time is it Saturday? Oh, what time is that? Um, the murder mystery? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I have to be there at like 3, so I don't know what time it actually starts. All right. We'll figure it out. We can put it in our comment for this. But last I heard, they had like 30 tickets. Or no. They had a handful of tickets left, but then when they're gone, they're gone. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. And then Thursday night, we have the chamber dinner. Yes. So will this probably be your last chamber dinner? My last? Most likely? Like um, emceeing, hosting type like of Like in this capacity, yes. But yeah. will I be probably roped into making things and doing that? Which I'm happy to do because I like that stuff. Yes. Um, so I'll, I'll likely be involved in one way or another. Yeah. I'll announce awards. I'll do whatever they want me to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're a phenomenal speaker. So that, oh, thank you. that always helps too. Like, um, Yeah, so I have to be at the Apex at 10 to 3. And if you come on down and you enter your name, we're giving away two details, kind of like a spring cleaning and then a winterizing of your car. So, yeah, come on down. And then usually about 2 o'clock it thins out where it's really dead. And then Brandon and I start eating and seeing how many hot dogs we can eat. (laughs) I'm just being honest. That's what happens. Like in the morning, it is crazy. It's a whole bunch of people that come in and they all scavenger after the free stuff that's on the tables and then after that wave goes then it's usually anybody that possibly could and then it's usually the customers we sold cars to maybe someone wants some information on a car but then at about two o'clock well last time i came to see you that's just i got a car so. you did it you because you fell in the parking lot no it's because oh, i got stuck you got stuck and you decided i am done yes i do not want to deal with this front wheel drive bs anymore oh you bought a car I thought you, like, won one. No, <laughs> Dang. No. I wish we could get away a car. Probably the best decision I made. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, that's what we have going on. Next week, I think we have John Zawacki from the Alpena News. He has to double check with his boss if he can come. If there's an AAC, ACC home game like there's tonight, he won't be here. Right. So that's it ever. Anything exciting coming down the pipe for you, Jackie? 
I mean, I have a lot of exciting things going on, but nothing I'm going to talk about right now. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. If you want to come back and talk about them, you're more than welcome. Oh, I will. Awesome. Anytime. All right. And then uh, other than that, I think that's about it, huh? Yeah. That's about it. Then we have Claire coming on. 17th. The 17th. Then the mystery guest. And the mystery guest the 24th. <laughs> Are you excited yet? Uh, I'm always excited. Okay, that's you good. Brad's excited face and not excited face are the same face. I had, at one point, I had a picture of Brad, and I took, it was just him being him, and I put Brad happy, Brad sad, Brad angry, Brad. It was, <laughs> it was the all same, the same. It was all the same foil. Uh, I should go resurrect that foil. But yeah, all right. Sure. Well, Jackie, thank you for coming by. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys soon. See ya.